The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. And we thank you, Lord, for making our lives beautiful. We thank you for the finished work of Christ in redemption that has turned our mourning into dancing, that has turned our ashes into beauty, that has clothed us with a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. heaviness. And again, this precious morning, we invite you to have your way in our midst as we gather in worship, both on-site and online, and that you will touch us one and all, that nobody will leave this service, no one participating in this service will remain the same. Again, we pray in the precious moments that we have left. Have your way, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God shouted a louder Amen. Glory be to God. Please give your neighbor a Bluetooth high five. You can be seated in God's presence. Glory, glory be to God. Everyone in the service on site and online, and I guess particularly those of you online, you're most welcome. I trust you've been enjoying the service so far. Glory be to God. Um, just a couple of things before I begin um, speaking and preaching today. I want to appreciate everyone for your wonderful birthday, greetings, and prayers yesterday. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making my day so wonderful. I had a beautiful day. I had a wonderful day. It was awesome. And I want to thank everyone that sent a message that um, made a prayer for me and making me feel loved and feel blessed. God will cause men to honor you and celebrate you as well in Jesus' mighty name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you like our new video wall extensions? Have you seen them? Praise God. Um, we'll be giving you some more information in coming weeks. Um, I think I mentioned this some time ago. We're going to be doing some church upgrade projects, our children's church, our teens' church, and even this main sanctuary. Um, so we'll be giving you some more updates along those lines as we go on. Praise God. Let's get into God's word this morning. Father, we thank you. Send your word to us again. Enlighten the eyes of our understanding. And as we said a moment ago, let nobody participating in this service remain the same in Jesus' name. Can I hear somebody declare by faith this morning, my life is beautiful. Say it two more times. My life is beautiful. Say the loudest you can and convince yourself, my life is beautiful. Hallelujah. I want you to know that that's a very prophetic statement. It's a very powerful prophetic declaration. And I want to encourage you to be saying things like that, saying this particular statement at this time that we are running this series, and learn to say things like that over your life. Someone says, Pastor, my life doesn't look beautiful. My life doesn't feel beautiful. In fact, it looks like a mess. I've made mistakes. Things are scattered. That is the more reason you should be saying something like this. You, that person that doesn't feel your life is beautiful. You, that person that it doesn't look like your life is beautiful. 
you better know how to use words like this and proclamations like this to bring your life back together. Hallelujah. That is what God did in Genesis chapter 1. That is how God introduced himself to us in Genesis chapter 1. The Bible told us that the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. It was not beautiful. But God did not say, hey, there's darkness everywhere. Hey, it's without form and void. No. God started to speak words that brought about the beauty of the earth. And that's the thing about God. When we think about God, beauty is probably not one of the strongest suits that we talk about. We talk about power. Talk about wisdom. Talk about greatness. And that's okay. But if you see all God has done, you will see that beauty is a major part of who God is. There is nothing God does that is not beautiful. And that same God can beautify your life. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? And he has beautified your life. If you are in Christ, if you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and that's what we're exploring, the excellent life of the righteous. Because of time, I want to quickly move on to what I want to share with us today. I'm going to be as brief as I possibly can. So we've identified five areas where you should restart your life. Five areas where you can excel in. Financial restart and excellence. This is our year of restart. That's the prophetic word God gave us. Number one area is your finances. Finances and material possessions. Number two is your career or your job, your business. You need to restart there. We said to restart, you will need to reset, rearrange a few things, look at where you are, determine your current status in concerning your finances, concerning your job and career. And by the way, we are going to be focusing on that on Wednesdays. If you've not been joining us for the midweek service, please make arrangements to start joining us. If for any particular reason you can't join us live, all our services are recorded online. They're on our YouTube channel. You can catch up later and watch on demand. We are sharing some powerful things that can change the trajectory of your finances. Assess where you are. Then determine where you want to go and make necessary changes. That's, that's the reset. If you continue doing what you have been doing up until now, you are not going to get better results than what you have now. And everybody needs better results. That's what excellence is all about. Moving forward. Gaining momentum. Making progress. Advancing. Going from one level of glory to the other. Like I always say, even if you have made it to the White House, man, that is a major achievement. You became the president of the United States of America. You still need to excel or else you will not get reelected. Go and ask the last guy that was there. So you can't come and pretend as if you have arrived. Glory be to God. So watch out Wednesday evenings. We're going to continue with that this month and next month. You need the third area, relationships. Glory be to God. In our relationships, we need to restart and we need to excel. That's why we're having the red zone, touching on a few things here and there for both married and single. And from this coming weekend, we're going to start a relationship series. It's going to be online. Restart in relationships. 
how you can restart and excel. Please put up that artwork for me for a moment, the series on relationships. It's starting from this Sunday. We're going to pick certain Saturdays and Sundays. There will be a session for singles. There will be a session for married. We'll give you all the details in the coming week. You need to focus on restarting in these areas of your life. Hallelujah. The fourth area we've identified is your health, wellness, healing. You need to be in good health and in good shape. And finally, spiritual restart. That is what undergirds every aspect of your life. Perhaps there are other areas of life um, we, we can touch on, but we want to focus on these five. If you can make progress in these five areas, you spend most of your time concerning these five areas, if not all of your time. And in the next coming weeks and coming months, we're going to be doing it together as a church. Praise God. I want to touch briefly on this concept of the beauty of the Lord. We see it repeated every now and then in scriptures. The beauty of the Lord this morning. Um, Psalm 90 verse 17, the A part, Moses talked about it. He said, let the beauty of the Lord come upon us. The A part of Psalm 90. Let the beauty of the Lord come upon us. Like God caused beauty to come upon the earth that was um, without form and void and with darkness on the face of the deep in Genesis chapter 1. Someone can pray, like Moses was praying here, for the beauty of the Lord to come upon your life. For God to turn your ashes into beauty, your mourning into dancing. Let the beauty of the Lord come upon us. The beautiful life of the new creation or the righteous ones. If you are in Christ, one of the major things God wants to do for you and that God can do for you is to beautify your life. Add color to your life. Psalm 27, David was also talking about it from verse 1. Psalm 27 from verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Can somebody declare with confidence with David or like David did here this morning, the Lord is the strength of my life. Said the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Or of what shall I be afraid? And then in verse 4, look at what he said in verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord. One thing. That's amazing. There are many things you can desire of the Lord. David said, I only want one thing. That will I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I want to be in God's presence. And this is why I want to be in God's presence. To behold the beauty of the Lord. To behold the beauty. And he said, I will inquire of that in this temple. So that's why on a Sunday morning we can teach about the beauty of the Lord. He didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for power. He didn't ask for fame. He said, I, I just want to be in God's presence. I just want to make inquiries in God's presence that I can behold the beauty. And when I can see the beauty or behold the beauty, his main goal is so that God can beautify my life. God can take his beauty and put it upon my life. God can beautify my finances. God can beautify my marriage. God can beautify my career, my business. Someone was asking me yesterday, and you get those kind of questions. 
on your birthdays, particularly when you are touching the kind of ages I'm touching. <laughs> Praise God. And boom, like the question was, how am I doing? I mean, how do I feel about my life? And I mean, I, I was able to respond that I'm satisfied, reasonably speaking. Doesn't mean I've accomplished everything I want to accomplish yet. Doesn't mean I have everything I want to have yet. But I look at how far God has added beauty to my life. That's what David was talking about here. If I can be in God's presence so that I can see the beauty of the Lord, so that I can come upon my life, that's what I want. And that's a good way to live life. Hallelujah. So what I really want to touch on this morning is I've titled it Excellence and Personal Responsibility. That's what I want to touch on just briefly. In experiencing excellence, the excellence that God has prepared for you as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, the excellence that God wants you to have, there is a place of personal responsibility. In fact, David was saying it in that statement that we just read. There are certain things that are required of you personally. God cannot do it for you. Thank God for everything that God has done for us in the finished work of Christ. And it is indeed everything. But with all that finished work that God has done for us as in Christ Jesus, if individuals don't Take personal responsibility for certain things that God is not going to do for you. God is not going to come in the morning to wake you up from your bed and take a bath from you. For you. But clearly if you're a grown man. So let's just settle it once and for all. There are certain things God is not going to do for you. <laughs> Praise God. And I'm not going to even dwell on that. I think everybody knows that. Certain things God will not do for you. There is a place for personal responsibility. Particularly if you want to experience excellence. If you want to see the beauty of the Lord moving you from one level to another level, you have certain responsibilities. That's what I want to quickly dwell on this morning. Philippians chapter 3. Let's read again from verse 12. And you will see the place of personal responsibility. Let me hear somebody shout personal responsibility. Some people want the government to do everything for them. No, they can't. Some people want God to do everything for them. No, he can't. Some people want the pastor to do everything for them. No, he can't. The church to do everything for them. No, they can't. There are certain things, my brother, my sister, you are going to have to do them yourself. Verse 12, Apostle Paul, Philippians chapter 3. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, and I want you to watch the emphasis on I here. The things I do or the things that I I have to do in order to get what God has in store for me. That's what Paul was teaching us here. Personal responsibility. I have not arrived. I have not yet achieved where I want to get to or where God has ordained for me to get to, but I press. Not that God comes to press me. Not that the church comes to press me. Not that the pastor comes to press me. Not that my spouse comes to press me. I press. Somebody shall personal responsibility. That I may lay hold of the excellent life that God has laid hold or prepared for me in Christ Jesus. Paraphrasing what he said there. 
He said, I'm a lay hold of what Christ Jesus has laid hold for me. There's something that Christ laid hold of me. And there's a place where God lays hold on you. There are some things God, only God can do them for you. For example, your blood cannot wash you of your own sins. God has to do that one for you. You cannot make yourself the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God has to do that one for you. But what God has done for you, in order for you to enjoy it maximally, there are certain things you have to do yourself, my brother. I press that I may experience the excellence that God has in store for me. Brethren, verse 13, I do not count myself to have apprehended or to have arrived, but one thing I do, I do, I do. I'm the one doing it. Shout personal responsibility again this morning. Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. Verse 14, I press. I press. I take advantage of what God has made available for me, but I press. Toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, therefore let as many as are mature have this mind. That's my goal this morning. It's a mindset. Everybody must have it. The people that don't have it are immature. It's okay if the children don't have this kind of personal responsibility mindset. But the moment you are no longer a child, you are now entering adult territory. So let as many as are mature. Spiritually speaking, yes, but really every other area. You have to think like this. You have to take personal responsibility. Let as many as are mature have this mind, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it to you. In other words, God will renew your mind if you are not thinking like this. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have all attained, let us walk by the same rule. What rule is he talking about? The rule of personal responsibility. It's a rule, a spiritual rule. You have to be personally responsible for certain things. And those are the things I want to talk about briefly this morning. Because of time, I'm just going to mention three of them. Three things I have found out in my own little journey and my work with God that God uses when you take personal responsibility for these things to bring color and beauty into your life. Number one is stewardship. Stewardship. Serving. Take personal responsibility to serve. I have a subtitle for it. Stewardship through humility. These things will bring color into your life. I, I titled it here, Colors of Beauty. You want to know what beauty looks like? These are the colors. Stewardship. I wish I had time. I will have walked us through Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5 to 11 again. So note that text down. We won't have time to read it today. Philippians 2 from verse 5. For those of you that are not too familiar with that text, go and study it again. And if you are familiar with it, read it again. That, this is what Jesus came to model for us. Please think about this, and I've shared this with us in church. Jesus came to be an example for us, among several other things. He came to be our Savior, but he also came to be an example. And this was his example. That's what Paul was teaching us in Philippians chapter 2. I love the title in my Bible, The Humbled and Exalted Christ. And he was talking about how Jesus humbled himself. He did not count equality with God as something to be grasped, the text said. 
came down, though he was God, and he became like man. And even when he was found in likeness of men, he humbled himself further to serve men, to serve, and to die for humanity. And then God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name. He's telling us to follow that example. Praise God. Look at what he said in verses 3 and 4 of the same Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2 verses 3 and 4. Let nothing, nothing, anything you are doing in your life, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Don't live a life that the motive that is guiding you is, I want to live for myself. You are living an erroneous life. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, that's humility, let each one esteem others better than himself. This is what drives the worship. You humble yourself. You are not better than anybody. You are not bigger than anybody. You are not smarter than anybody. You are not wiser than anybody. Humble yourself. Esteem others better than yourself. Let each one of you, please let me look at anybody's mind and say that includes you. Each one of you, not look out not only for his own interest, but for the interest of others. And he said, let the mind of Christ, this mind of stewardship, let it be in you. I have five simple steps that any human being under the sound of my voice this morning can follow. When we are talking about stewardship through humility, number one, serve God. Serve God with your life. When I woke up yesterday on my birthday, like most other mornings, the first person I really have any intelligent conversation with, even before my wife, Pastor Inda, is God. And basically, the conversation was like, how can I serve you better with my life? Serve God. Learn to serve primarily for an audience of one, and that is God. That's the main person you are serving. Learn to serve God. Number two, serve your spouse. For those of you that are married, can I tell you what a beautiful, lovely, perfect marriage looks like? It is that the two of them are competing to serve each other better. Husband is doing his best to serve his wife, excelling in serving his wife, Maybe that's where some husbands need to restart this year as we start their marriage. And wife is doing her best to, eh, you, you serve me that much, I'm going to serve you better. And if you are planning to get married here, singles, make sure this mind is in you. And if you can't serve somebody, don't marry. It's not for you. Don't stay single like that. Don't marry. It's not for you. You're not ready to serve. Don't marry. Number three, serve your children. If you're a parent here, keep looking for better ways to improve the quality of the lives of those children that God put under your care. We are talking about stewardship. Then number four, you cannot talk about serving the church. In fact, Apostle Paul taught that, said, people that can't serve in their house, they should not be serving. A man that can't take care of his household should not be serving in church. That's what Paul taught us. So the, the, the place for, before we start considering whether you should be serving the house of God is we should check your marriage. And check your home. I mean, that's what the Bible teaches. So this is a very good order to follow. Live a life that serves God. And wherever God wants, now wants you to serve him, whether it's in church or outside church, whether it's in business or in politics or in entertainment or in sports, he will direct you there. 
serve your spouse, serve your children, serve in your local church, and serve humanity. When we are talking service, I'm not talking about ushering. Sometimes church people, we think that we know you may start in ushering, but may you not die in that ushering, if that's not God's plan for you. <laughs> Praise God. Number two thing that will add color and beauty to your life that I've learned over the years. I call this one word knowledge, knowing the word of God. Word knowledge and wisdom. Knowing the word of God is not enough. Is having the wisdom to address, look at that difficult topic that we're discussing in um, Red Zone today. Which secrets can I share with my spouse or my dad and which one I shouldn't have? Wisdom. The Bible says wisdom is profitable to direct. Wisdom that comes from the word of God. You need to be a good student of the word to know the word. I'm talking about things that will bring color into your life that you have to be personally responsible for. Be personally responsible to study the word, to know the word for yourself. For yourself. And for emphasis, I will say the third time, for yourself. To the point where you can be wise with it, to deal with life. This is one major color of beauty that is missing in many people's lives. Proverbs 24 from verse 13. My son, Solomon was admonishing us, eat honey because it is good. A little side note here. Talking about health resets. Honey is good. Better than white sugar. For that white sugar is poison compared to honey. Eat honey because it is good. And eat the honeycomb because it is sweet to your taste. Verse 14. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. If you have found it, if, because many people have not found it, but if you have found it, there will be a prospect, there will be a future, and your hope will not be cut off. So talking about hope is rising. This is, explains why some people, hope never comes to pass. There is no wisdom. And there's no wisdom because there's no knowledge, no word knowledge. Look at the analogy you gave us here. Knowing the word of God to the point where you can practically apply wisdom. Wisdom for your finances. I'm teaching a lot of that on Wednesday. Wisdom for your marriage. Wisdom for your career. People don't have that, so there's no sweetness in their life. No color, no beauty. Because of a lack of word knowledge and practically applicable wisdom for life. He said it's like honey. May your life be forever sweet. May your marriage be forever sweet. May your career, your business be forever sweet. Your spiritual journey on this earth may be forever sweet. But understand the personal responsibility that God has given you here. To know the word for yourself. To the point where you can be wise in its application. Listen to what Prophet Isaiah said. Let me read the Amplified Translation because of time. There's a shade of meaning in the Amplified that is so beautiful. Isaiah 33 from verse 5. The classic Amplified, if you have it, please. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion, this church, our lives, with justice and righteousness. What we are talking about. King James says he has filled. And I believe what's happening here is this. King James is focusing on the, on the, on the seed, the root, 
the investment of righteousness God has given us, Amplified is talking about the fruit. He will. The fruit will be there. Justice and righteousness. Moral and spiritual rectitude in every area of our lives and every relation. And this is how he's going to do it. And there shall be stability in your times and abundance of salvation, wisdom and knowledge. Abundance of salvation will be there. Wisdom and knowledge will be there. The reverent fear of the Lord, which the Bible calls the beginning of wisdom. And worship of the Lord is your treasure and his treasure. Talking about making wisdom and knowing God's word a treasure. Hallelujah. And it's that knowledge and wisdom that will be the stability of our... This is what will keep you stable. Your times there is talking about your life. Your days. Praise God. You need to study this text. I wish we had more, one more time, but I need to close. Isaiah 33 verses 5 and 6. King James says, wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times. And the strength of your salvation. Hallelujah. And the third color of beauty you should add to your life. I mean, I've learned this over the years. Oh, it's generosity. Number one, stewardship. Take personal responsibility to serve. Number two, word knowledge and wisdom. Take personal responsibility to know the word and to be wise with the word. Number three, take personal to be generous. I've talked a bit about that in the midweek service on Wednesday. Proverbs 11.25 again. The generous soul will be made rich. Can I hear somebody shout by faith, I am a generous soul. That's not a shout. Shout it, I am a generous soul. He that waters will be watered himself. Will also be watered himself. So I, I've shared with us five levels of financial commitment. Please put that up on the board for me again in church. Five levels. We put level zero there, that nobody should be in level zero. And if you're in level zero, come out of that level zero. That you need that restart. You can put up these my five levels for me, and I want to close with that. And I emphasize this a bit on Wednesday. I want to say it here as we close. Ah, you don't have my level zero here. I want that too because that's where some people are. You guys left, ah, hey, thank you. This random giving, in other words, I give only when I feel like, and with the days I don't feel like, oh, I, I give just when I have money and when I don't have money. Or no giving at all, no commitment. You should come out of that place. It's possible to be there. Like we learned on Wednesday, that's where Jacob was. You need to come out of there. But all these levels, whether you are just a tither or you are a tither that also gives free will of friends, that's another level. Or you are someone that you just don't give free will of ago. You also support church projects. All this video world, they cost several millions of naira to get. And it takes generous people to give so that we can do them. Or all the other levels, whichever level you are at, from that one to five, level five is a new level. I'm only going to invite some special people there as God directs me. And I'm not mentioning their names. You see, all these levels. Financial stewards are people that after everybody has given the best they can, where the money is still not enough for what we want to do in church, they are committing. It's a commitment that we will make up the difference. I call them Luke 8, 1 to 3 people. 
Someone needs to come to that level of commitment. So whichever level you are at from just tithing, be generous. Giving 10% of your income to God is generosity. And that's the level some people need to step into because they're on level zero. Consistently giving the top 10, that's generosity has started. But it's not the highest level of generosity. Everybody can keep rising higher and higher. And that's what excellence is. Rise on your feet this morning. Let's lift our hands to God and bless him. Lift your hands to God and bless him. Bless him. And make a quality decision on the three things I shared with you this morning. You can excel in stewardship. Tell yourself, I'm going to do better. I'm going to serve God better. I'm going to another level of stewardship this year. You can excel in your word, knowledge, and wisdom. That by grace of God, I'm going to be wiser. I will read more scriptures, study more scriptures, know more scriptures. And you can excel in your generosity. Those five levels I'm sharing with you. You can go up to a higher level. Praise God. Talk to God for a minute or two. These things add color and beauty to your life. These are practical ways to get the beauty of the Lord to come upon you. And you've just been seeing your life getting sweeter and sweeter, better and better, richer and richer, greater and greater as the days and the weeks and the months go by. I'm going to give you just one more minute to talk to God. When we share the word of God like this, if you can respond by making quality commitments, you'll be amazed how God will empower you to do what we are saying. So just one more minute. Just ask God for grace. And you yourself make a fresh commitment. Personal responsibility is what we are talking about this morning. A commitment that by the grace of God I'll be more generous. A commitment that I will, I will have more word, knowledge, and wisdom. A commitment to serve. One more minute. Come on, talk to God. God is changing somebody's story. Changing somebody's story. I've seen God change stories and change narratives and change lives. Yours can be the next one. And these are the things that can make it happen. I'm just sharing three of them with you today. But I've seen them change my life. And they will change the life of anyone that will practice them. God is the only one that matters. God is the only one that makes sense. He is the one we should live for. This is how you can live for God. Still worship. Word, knowledge, and wisdom. And generosity. Father, we give you praise. Lord, I pray for your people this morning as one that has been blessed and one that has been helped by you. Lord, I pray for a fresh impartation of grace to serve. A fresh impartation of grace to know the word of God and to walk in the wisdom of God. And I pray for a fresh impartation of grace to be generous over your people. Thank you because everybody's life is moving from one level of glory to the next. One level of beauty and splendor to the next. In the precious, mighty, and majestic name of Jesus. And the people of God shouted aloud, Amen. 
You can do better than that. Shout it louder. Amen. Glory be to God. Please take your seats. And let's honor the Lord with our tithes and offerings this morning. Let's honor the Lord with our tithes and our offerings. I want to read a verse of scripture to us as we give. Something powerful that David said. We read something he did in 1 Chronicles 29. By God's grace, we are still going to come back to study that text. 1 Chronicles 29. I'm not looking at that today. We read it last week from verses 1 to 20. But look at what he said in 1 Chronicles 16. As we get set to honor God with our tithes and offerings this morning. 1 Chronicles 16 from verse 28. Give to the Lord. See, everything we do, whether it's service or anything, the first person we do it to is God or giving. Give to the Lord. Give to the Lord. Oh, families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. It's not only money we give to God, though. We praise him, we celebrate him, we lift him higher. We are giving to him. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at King's Word Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 0000640.